0: Today on The Breakdown, it's a $25,000 No Limit Hold'em World Series of Poker Bracelet event. There's only four players left. And one of those four players is Adrian Mateos, one of the best players in the world. One of the most decorated players in the world. One of the players in the world who's earned more money than almost anyone else in the world. Also in this hand, Tyler Cornell, who you may not have heard of but is one of the best online crushers in the world. Everything's in the world today. Nothing leaves this world. Well, we're going to break down this hand and a whole lot of other things, including breakfast cereals, on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey! First
1: time, Does this mean we have to have an argument about breakfast cereals? We don't, it doesn't have to be an argument. can it just be a conversation? It, with food and this podcast, it's always an argument.
0: I, I suspect strongly that if we talked about breakfast cereals for any amount of time, 30 seconds it, or two, three hours, it would be congenial, collegiate, uh, friendly, amicable. There would be no issues. We would just agree on things, and uh, it would be an all all around good time for everyone.
1: I wanna I wanna do a little tie in for you right here. Hit me. Okay, so we're on Discord now. We have a Discord server. We it's do fun. We have a lot of fun there. We had a, a sea salt and vinegar chip argument. For sure, it was an argument. Well, that was because you were fucking stupid. As you, you see, this is what I deal with. <laughs> uh, in the Garrett against Andy hand, the aces against kings hand. Yeah. And the first comment on that thread on Discord was by Sam Raymer. And he said, I'm only in the intro right now. I'm getting my popcorn ready for the inevitable race war that's about to be fought over the salt and vinegar chip situation. <laughs> Whether any poker discussion is had either in this episode or in the server remains to be seen.
0: <laughs> amazing. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Wow. Good job, Sam Raver. So what's um, your
1: bad cereal take that you want to shout out to the world? I don't
0: have a bad cereal take. I you don't a... think
1: you have bad takes on you know English muffins either, but I guess... Maybe the rest of the world feels differently.
0: Well, the rest of the world is not all on your side, you son of a bitch. You're so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> That's a perfect point. How can I beat that argument? <laughs> uh, all right, let's talk cereals, though. Okay. I'm gonna just zoom by those insults,
1: those petty, petty See, let's, things. Let's you have said. more fun with it instead of just talking cereals. All right. Okay. I'll throw a cereal out. Yeah. You say, you say yes or no? Oh, way better. Lucky Charms. Yeah. Tricks. Fuck you. No. Kicks.
0: Absolutely worse than tricks. No. Corn puffs. Surprisingly, yes.
1: Rice checks. Yes. Corn checks. Yes, even more. More corn than rice? Yes. A little sweeter. Yeah, yeah, a little
0: sweeter, a little more flavor.
1: Honey nut Cheerios.
0: Oh, number one on the list so far.
1: Really? Oh yeah. Cocoa puffs.
0: No. I want I want to say yes, but the answer is no.
1: Shredded wheat.
0: Without the frosting, get the fuck out of here.
1: <laughs> What's the one that's like the cereal from the 70s that's just like giant shredded wheat? Like that,
0: no, that, that shredded wheat. Okay, yeah, but now, no, they,
1: now they make mini shredded wheat, and that's what most people would buy, well, I think.
0: And also, most of that shredded wheat has a nice... You know, it's the frosted...
1: Yeah, tons bro- of sugar. That's good.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that's real good. My dad, when I was a little kid, used to buy the really big things of shredded wheat, and we would eat them together, and they were... It, it it really feels like we're in the the 1500s, like monks in the 1500s eating breakfast. <laughs> so, you know, this is strange cereal. It's it's, a re, it's not even really a cereal. It's something else.
1: Okay, raisin bran. Yes, yeah. With the, obviously, the sugar covered raisins. Of but course. Yes. All right. What's a bad cereal? What's what's a terrible cereal?
0: Oh, <sighs> a terrible cereal like like cinnamon toast crunch. Hmm. It's kind of a terrible cereal. I can S- see. Some of the Captain Crunches, where they overdo it with their crazy crunchiness, crunchness. like, can can fuck off. But some of the Captain Crunches are, you know, holding up the flag just fine. Yeah. Uh, the booberry cereals, the whole collection <laughs> of booberry cereals really are a problem, I think. Not just, by the way... Not just for me in terms of flavor, but I mean just problematic in the yeah. world now. Like, we've really moved on as, as a culture, I think.
1: Like, because of what they stand for. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> he, like, I don't even think this is just the woke coming after the blueberry and their group. I think, no, I, I think, think, it, I think everyone moved, should It's be, a united yeah. front. Yeah, yeah, I think we've really, like, anyone who was part of the blueberry culture back in the day is probably
1: embarrassed now to be part it of it. It doesn't matter if you voted for Bernie Sanders or if you were at the Capitol on January 6th,
0: <laughs> you
1: hate blueberries. <laughs> <laughs> See, this
0: is completely friendly so far. Name a cereal. What? 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 Give me like your two of your favorite cereals.
1: Here's the thing that I have a problem with. I don't eat cereal very often, okay. so I'm not going to be good at this. I know you. You're a guy's going to have a lot of sophisticated cereal takes. You're of a big cereal guy. Yeah, I really do. I like a nice simple raisin bran. Yeah, of course. It's a nice. It is. It's easy surprisingly cereal. good. If I if I buy cereal in my life, which is you know once every three or four years, it's usually raisin bran. Mm. Uh, how about a, a good muesli? A nice muesli. Yeah, you talk about muesli sometimes. I don't really know what it is that much. Wow, you don't know what it is? Is it just like granola except deconstructed? It's not. It's
0: actually a little. It's a little more than that. Muesli is from a Scandinavian country, I think, and it's it's a healthier version of granola. It's a less tasty version of granola, to be clear. Right. But that's because it's healthier. Um, at least or it's supposed to be. I mean, mm. I guess you know who knows what Kellogg's does to it when they do their
1: versions of it. I've been quite exposed to the Chex world recently yeah. because of having a now 10-month-old daughter. It's a pretty easy thing to feed a kid in a pinch. Right. Just some dry Chex. How about Frosted Flakes? Any thoughts on Frosted Flakes? Too sugary. Huh. And they get, like, I, I haven't had them for years, like maybe since I was a kid, but I do remember they get soggy really fast. The trick with Frosted Flakes is that now they make flavors. So there's chocolate Frosted Flakes and uh,
0: Honey Nut Frosted Flakes. The chocolate frosted flakes are pretty, pretty good, Grant. Okay.
1: But do they get soggy?
0: You don't care because that just means the, the milk is chocolatey. Who okay. ca- it's a happy time for No, but the,
1: the actual, I, I like it for like the first minute when they're crunchy. That, that's a better experience. You know what I think the
0: problem? You know what I think your problem is? Here we go. <laughs> you don't know how to regulate your milk. So you're, uh, by the way, I'm using almond milk and and oat milk, but it doesn't matter. You're putting too much milk in, so everything's getting too soggy. Just put a little bit in; it keeps most of it crunchy all the way through. You don't have to eat it quickly. You don't have to worry about it. You don't even know how to put milk in cereal. Why are you an expert on anything?
1: Never said I was an expert on cereal. I actually claim to be pretty ignorant. You about it. implied it though, didn't
0: you with your with your claiming of ignorance? What you're really doing is you're staking a claim for. So come to me for your cereal questions,
1: and everyone heard that, Grant. Yeah. Is that, is that how Elon got the government contract to go to space? He was like, you know what? The thing about me is my companies don't know shit about engineering in space, but you should give us the contract. I mean, don't you want the humble guy? Yeah.
0: You, don't, you, don't, you want the guy who's like, oh, yeah, I can definitely do that. Give me some more alcohol. I'm really, I'm not, I, my, 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 keep this cup filled the whole time, waiter. You know, is that who you want? Or do you want the guy who's like, I don't know if I can do it. It's going to take a lot of work. I don't know if it's possible. That's my guy.
1: That's not what that's not what we are saying. We're saying I have no no basis of yeah, education or yeah. understanding.
0: It's gonna be a real slog for me. <laughs> <laughs> Get out of this space. I got a lot of a lot of a lot of things to accomplish here. A lot of people to hire. Yeah. A lot of education to be done. A lot of accomplishments to be accomplished. Right.
1: So okay. that's
0: I feel like we got that out of our system. So now
1: that we're done with the poker section of the podcast, yeah, let's, let's get talk to about to the fun part. More interesting. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually a pretty interesting hand. Um, okay. And that is, that is uh, evidenced by the four suggestors. Oh, we got. This is okay. all on Discord, by the way. Discord growing, thriving. Lovely. Lovely. Like, like Ivy. Yeah. Alex Trembath, he made the switch. Classic. Over to Discord. He, he suggested it. Five by five. Sure. The switch. Leo Chen. Yep. And then uh, Jeffrey Yanchek. you know? Everybody knows a Jeffrey Yanchek or two. I noticed,
0: I, everyone else, I'm like, uh-huh. Yep, yeah. yep, I know that guy.
1: Is Jeffrey Yanchek a new suggester? Yeah. Fabulous. Good job, Jeffrey. Welcome to the team. Yeah. Happy to have you, Jeffrey. Absolutely. I needed at least one Jeffrey Yanchek, you know? You needed
0: just one Jeffrey. I have a few Jeffreys. You needed another one. Yeah. You were a little unbalanced. I didn't
1: your... have enough Jeffs. I had too many bills, not enough Jeffs. You know how it goes. I do know
0: how it Everybody's goes. Everybody's got enough Steves.
1: I got Steves out at the wazoo. You know what they say, more Jeffries, more problems. <laughs> they do say that <laughs> pretty frequently. Yeah. Anyway, those guys suggested it. Uh, they did it on Discord. That's where place you can do it. There's a whole Suggest Hands thread there. Yep. You can also do it on Twitter. We're the Poker Guys on Twitter. All the time. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about it. Okay, let's get into it. 25k buy-in. Obviously, it's gonna be a, a field of tough players, but yes. probably among the softest 25ks, if not the softest 25k you can find, besides, you know, when Poker Stars puts a bunch of amateurs in for free. I think that's a really fair thing to say. And it's evidenced by
0: this final table. So this final table, not easy by right? any means. You got Jason Kuhn made the final nine. Uh, Adam Hendricks, who we were just joking about the other day, but he's I yeah. think number five in GPI or it's number four in GPI, so he counts. Mustafa Kanat made this. Jonathan Jaffe made it. Adrian Mateos made it. And Tyler Cornell, who again mo- many people may not have heard of, but it is one of the best online players, uh, also made it. So that's six pretty good players. But if you're doing a 25k in a lot of other places, that final table is only Jason Mercier's, right? Right. And if you're going
1: to do that in in like the some some Florida casino. Just right. the high rollers are gonna come out for yeah. it. But this is at the World Series of Poker, so you know. So, so you get like Michael Liang, who's still left, and he's a professional poker player,
0: but it seems clear how, and I watched this entire final table that he is just he's not on the level of these other guys, which isn't a put down to him even. No. It's just it's just the facts, right? Paul Nui makes his final table. He's gonna play these sometimes. Yeah. Certainly you love always seeing Paul Nui at the table if right. you're one of these guys. A guy named Mohamed uh, Mohammed Arani made the final table. I don't know who that is. Um, that's a good sign if you're one of these other dudes, right? Once in a while, that guy's Muhammad is going to be amazing, but mostly yeah. he's not, right?
1: If we don't know who he is, right? So, yeah, so it's not too bad. It's not. I mean, it's still not easy, right? But it's not David Peters. And it's not Jay, you know. It's not the tables that Michael Adamo was crushing it in, in exactly the,
0: Adamo Peters Schindler at yeah. every single final table in these Poker Masters events. It's not like that. Yeah. So, this is what you hope for. It's like got some soft spots. You'll take it.
1: And the current payout is something like two hundred and thirty-five k. There's four players
0: left. They've all earned two hundred and eighty-six thousand two hundred and two dollars. Oh, okay, and first place is over eight hundred. Yep, it jumps uh, uh, about a hundred k to third, and then about a hundred and thirty k to second, and then the big jump from five hundred and fifteen to eight hundred and thirty-three, second to first.
1: Okay, and everybody is pretty deep. The effective stack is Liang, and he's got three point eight million at the eighty k big blind level.
0: Okay, so he's got forty blinds. Yeah. Okay. So I, so like ICM can of course come into play, but there isn't like gonna be that kind of ICM pressure where there's someone with an, an eight blind stack and two other bigger right. stacks are going at it. Yeah. Cool. All
1: right. So eighty K big blind. Mateos is uh, in the old small blind. No he's, he's on not. the button. He's on the button. Yeah. Mateos is on the button. He's got 4.4 4 million in front of him. He's got 3.5 million in front of him. I said I, I had to change that actually. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. Great. It's 4.4 4 million. Cool. Uh, which is, you know, a perfectly good stack, but second, second smallest. Um, oh, wait, so I might be th- wrong. <laughs> you know what? 3.5 is correct. Okay. So Mateos is actually the effective stack. Great. Yeah. This is perfect. This is, this is not as good as the serial discussion. Mateos has 3.5 million in front of him. Hallelujah. So good for him. He's going to open king three of spades on the button to 160K. Fine. Totally normal. Cornell, online crusher guy. He's been the chip leader this entire final table. He's, FYI. Got, he's got five. Well, not anymore. Okay. Jared Jaffe is currently the chip leader with nearly 8 million. You mean Jonathan Jaffe. Jonathan Jared Jaffe. Yeah, there's two out. Jaffes.
0: Yeah, Jaffe. Jared Jaffe actually went out like 15th. In oh, really?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Jonathan Jaffe is the fake Dolphin trainer.
0: Yes, that's right. Yeah.
1: And he's the one Nice guy. Seen. Anyway. So we got uh, the old Cornell, the crusher of the online world, in yep. the small blind with two fives. Okay. What do you do here? Oh, man. Okay. Well, if we call, we're
0: really calling mostly to set mine, I would think, right? Because we're inviting the big blind, which is Michael Liang, in as well. We're not only set mining, of course. There's, there's going to be some flops that aren't that. But it feels like we're mostly doing that. Uh, I guess we can we can get away with that since Mateos opens to one and he's got three point five million. We can obviously we're not old, like one pair is still sometimes going to be good, but being out of position against a player like Mateos it isn't like we can put a lot of chips in. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, with with an unimproved two fives very often. Uh, so if we're calling, we're calling mostly to do that. The other move, of course, is to three bet. Where now we're putting a lot of pressure on Mateos. Uh, he's we're, we're really putting him to a stack decision. A fair amount of the time, right? I guess he could call, but if we size up our three bet at all, he's really gonna be in a, a shover fold spot uh, most of the time anyway, right?
1: So, do you wanna three bet really frequently in this spot? I think I
0: do. Okay. Uh, mostly because just Mateos is gonna open, as we see, the button pretty wide. He's got a lot of opens. He doesn't have a lot of continues to uh, a strong three bet. Meaning a strong meaning like uh, a sizable three bet. If we if we price him in, I'm sure he's gonna call, maybe not with this hand, but with a lot of his range. We have to make sure we don't just price him in to call with like where he's like, I have ace jack, I have to call. I have ace 10, I have to call. We have to make sure we don't do that. You know, we have to make him fold the King Queens of the world. But I think we can do that pretty easily. Okay. That's what I'd be looking to do a lot here. Of course, the one the biggest problem with that is we don't have any blockers.
1: Exactly. I was I was thinking about that as you were talking. Like, fives does play decently post flop as a hand that can, that can continue on at least a decent amount of boards. Well,
0: it's, on the flop, sure, but like being out of position makes it very hard to get to show. It does, down but the blockers are on. pretty
1: important. If fold equity is your main goal, because fives are folding to a four bet, obviously. Of course they are. Yeah. Right. So, and so you'd so rather have ace-two soft,
0: right? Um, you really would. You really would. Uh, and this is where like because we're deep enough, we can decide to call. Like Mateos. You know, we we can get that... Uh, you really want to have, like, 15 to 20x the yeah. amount you're putting in, which we can absolutely do against Mateos here because he's got enough chips. So that makes it okay. So I think, so I think a call is fine here, basically. Um, still, like, even though we want to have a blocker, because Mateos is opening specifically the button, he's just going to be so wide with so many hands that a blocker, of course, still has value, but has a little bit less value than if he opened a middle position, I think. Sure, but... Like it I has, think we get three similar fives more of the time, is what I'm saying.
1: Well, see, I don't, I don't see it actually. Okay. Because you're getting folds from effectively the same range. Yes, you are. So that's what the purpose of the blocker is, right?
0: The difference is with fives, when called, uh, we win a, a bit more of the time than with Ace Deuce, I think. And we get ourselves in less trouble also. Like with Ace Deuce, we But can how fold. does that
1: matter with Mateos' position? Oh. Uh, great question i
0: don't have any answer to that so the position uh, thing you posi- that- no my point with the position is just that um was that like we're going to get a lot of folds and you're right we get folds but we there they sort of it sort of does ultimately act as a bluff in either any in either way yeah you're right, because like we don't really want to play just for it's weird to play it for value post flop as a three bet. Right?
1: No, that's not what you're doing, right? Even
0: though you're like I probably do have the best hand a lot on this on this board and I continue, but still like the continuing ranges are always problematic. It's almost purely equity denial. Yep, if you're betting the flop and you can get lucky, of course, and uh, hit a five, but that, yeah. you can't count on that. So maybe that all that goes to why Cornell ultimately decides to call instead of.
1: Threes. Yeah, it's easier to play this way. Yeah.
0: Also, if we're a lot deeper. the the three bet also works a little bit better. I think like when we put Adrian in a spot where he's going to shove a bunch of his hands and like, he's going to have more four bets than he would have for a lot deeper. Yeah. Which I think is also, and there's a lot less maneuverability for us. He might just shove, he might just
1: shove Ace Jack in in a field like this. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Or a bad Ace once in a while too. Just like, well, I got to have some bluffs here. And like, boy, that is, that's really not what we want to have happen at all. I mean, we block Ace five, but come on. Like that's uh, not a, no, certainly not. We block one of his bluffs.
1: Yay. (laughs) that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I like calling. I think that's the right play. Yeah. It feels good to me. I'm cool with it. That's what Cornell does. That's also what Michael Liang does. Yes. Is that correct? In the big blind with ace of spades, seven of clubs, he's not going to be a big factor in the hand. That's... I mean, he could...
0: There are definitely some potential squeezes he has here, but I guess Cornell's got a lot of pretty good hands
1: when he calls. Yeah, Cornell never has a bad hand. That's for sure. He
0: rarely has a super strong hand, though. Yeah. And we have an ace blocker in our hand, and we could just put in a big raise here sometimes, and we shouldn't do it all the time, but we could do it sometimes and... Win.
1: Yeah. You're probably doing it too much if you're, if you're not picking your combos carefully. Agreed. You
0: know? Maybe you just pick, like, a few suited combos. Maybe. I mean, suited plays pretty well post-flop three ways, True. too. True. Anyway, th- we don't have to get too deep into this piece of it. Like, but Yeah. I mean, the point is, he should be looking to squeeze once in a while with a hand like this.
1: Fuck this piece of it. Okay. Kind of like Frosted Flakes when they get soggy.
0: Or when you
1: overpour the milk,
0: you so it's, son
1: of a bitch. So it's my fault they get soggy. That's exactly it's not. What it's I'm not saying. the manufacturer's fault that they made a cereal that easily gets soggy, and I have to become a fucking milk chemist to eat their cereal and not want to gag. This is
0: classic Grant. You're like, oh yeah, it's my fault. I drowned in the ocean because I went down and stayed down there for an hour. It's not. It's not God's fault for creating an unbreathable ocean. <laughs> it's you.
1: Uh, in the past life, I did say that after <laughs> after dying yeah. of drowning. Yeah. But it was actually it was an interesting we, point. <laughs> But it was pretty impressive that I was able to survive for a full hour.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're a determined sort. There's no question about it. Competitive, determined guy.
1: Yeah. And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. pots 560K. Mateo says, King 3 of spades. Cornell has two fives. Liang has ace, seven off. Flop is Jack, Deuce, Jack. Rainbow. Yeah. Hearts, spades, clubs. Okay. I would never do this, but I have to ask, is there a reason to lead as Cornell? I mean, there's at least a small reason to lead, right? Which is that this this
0: board may actually check through a lot, and now we're just giving a free card to everybody, and we could win the pot a lot if we lead. Yeah. And if we give a free card, we're often going to lose, even if we even if they don't improve. Someone may take a shot on the turn. It may be hard when the king comes off for us to call. You know, in fact, we probably won't. Yeah, perhaps. So, so there's some value in leading, but it wouldn't really occur to me to lead either. I'd be like, everyone has jacks in their range. You know?
1: Yeah. We don't even get to see
0: Liang check. I mean, we're, we're, we're in front of Liang, which isn't great. He's got a lot of jacks.
1: And I'll, I know these guys are different, but the way you described it is actually similar to the thought process of the bad player I'm going to describe. Like, there are spots that I've been in in my poker life on a board like this where, you know, the amateur bad player leads out of the small blind, and I'm in Mateo's seat, and I'm like, you never have a jack, I raise. Well, and yeah,
0: but of course, if you're Cornell, you're going to have either some jacks or you're going to have um, some full houses. Like, Because a full house is a pretty interesting lead, too, if you have a deuce. Deuces here, which you obviously can have. Yeah. Right? So if you lead that, now you, that means you can't lead too many combos of other stuff if you're only leading full houses. Yeah, I
1: think you probably want to have more pure bluffs than fives if you're going to balance that out. Um,
0: that's fair. That's really fair. Um, also, I'm trying to think of what other jacks we would lead. We have some jacks ourselves. Yeah, jack
1: 10 suited, queen jack suited. King Jack suited maybe even ace jack a little bit probably three betting that most of
0: the time mostly but we might call with it sometimes yeah. too uh so we could lead some of those but would we lead that often with a jack sometimes but not very often right maybe ace jack ace jack is the best lead so we can get called by worse jacks but yeah. you'd really hate to lead jack 10 and get called and you're like now what like wh- i guess i check call i think mostly call. we just
1: don't lead yeah i think i agree I yeah agree. so anyway cornell checks makes yep. sense liang checks sure is this dry enough that Mateos can bet? Even though there's two opponents, I guess. I guess he. I mean, he's got the backdoor uh,
0: spades, which is something. A lot of time he's going to bet, and they're just going to throw their hands away, right? Yeah. On a Jack Jack do sport, I think we should bet. I like betting here. Like, if they don't have a Jack and they don't have if they, if they don't have a pair, it's really hard to call. I mean, also, you, it's really hard for the guy who's got the better hand, which is Cornell, to call because he's got uh, Liang behind him too. Liang's much wider, but. Cornell's like can't see what Liang's going to do, so still we can use that. We can use Liang's position against Cornell or Cornell's a position little
1: bit. Him. We can, but still, I'm a little concerned about like what's Cornell's preflop range. It's it's a lot of hands that are probably not going to be too interested in folding yet. So there are some that will fold. I mean, king
0: queen nine ten suited, um, suited connectors, king queen, maybe some suited aces that decide not to three bet. Uh,
1: I expect mostly those three bet. But maybe you're But right.
0: not all of them. I think sometimes he's gonna call just for value with like
1: ace ten and stuff like yeah. that. I don't think he's always gonna three bet that. Is is he definitely gonna fold that? With with Liang behind him, I think he is. I think if he has any of the back doors with ace ten suited, he's
0: calling. I guess it depends on how we size it. If we bet tiny. Well, but if we if we bet with any kind of size, how can he call with, with I mean, laying behind
1: him? Are you ever not betting tiny on this board when you're betting? I'm betting really small on this board yeah. for sure.
0: But although if we're if we're talking about it, we think Cornell's got lots of calls, but if we size it up, he doesn't. Maybe I'm not betting tiny. This but my initial instinct is absolutely to bet small. See if I can just get the free win.
1: It yeah. feels like
0: I'm getting a lot of free wins, and I can continue on spades.
1: Yep. That's what Mateos does. He, he bets small. I do wonder, like, 140K is what he bets into 560, less than his preflop race. Yeah, that's so small. Uh, this is probably the best, like, expected value bet. You know? Yes. This, Mateos has probably, I think fig- probably figured is. this out. But if you're thinking exploitatively, About Cornell, because you're never folding out Liang's random jacks that he has in his range. Zero percent of the time, of course. If you're thinking about Cornell's range, you want to be able to fold out some of those more marginal, showdownable hands. Maybe it is better, like, probably not better overall, but maybe better for that explicit purpose to bet more like 320k or something. It's... It's just a weird bet to make. Like, what are you supposed
0: to have that you're choosing to bet 320K with? Pocket deuces is the only hand that really makes any sense to do it with. I
1: mean, you have to do it with more of your range. That's the answer. Well, but why would you
0: want to do it with more of your range practically, right? Like, practically, what in terms of... Like, we flop. We have ace jack in our hand. We block the jack. We've got the best... We have the best jack, at least. So if someone else has a jack, maybe we get value. Let's say all the other jacks we can have in our hand. Now, like, if Cornell calls or raises, now he is, if we have Jack yeah. 10, he's never behind if he raises, this, and, he has, and he has value.
1: This is why good players do board-based sizing instead yes. of situation-based sizing. Yes, Because of right. exactly what you're describing. Like, if if Mateos were to bet bigger, he'd be targeting an exact range, and that is not how you make money over time.
0: I think it's really easy to bet small and see what happens, and often we, t- we take it down enough that it's fine, and when we don't, if we turn a spade and only one player called, we could consider betting again, but we don't have to. Um, sometimes we improve with the king. Sometimes we improve with a three, and that's going to be enough sometimes. Yeah. Um, but we don't want to put a lot more chips in the pot most of the
1: time mm-hmm. when called, and that's fine. It seems like um, it seems kind of simple, but I think true over recent years. And this is not an extreme example of it, but it seems that the best players are figuring out more and more that. A really good thing to be doing, especially in tournament poker, is giving yourself a good price when you're the aggressor, yeah, in certain spots. The best example being that Ja Vieira hand when, oh yeah, yeah, which you just like he just completely nailed that hand so well with sizing and everything. you know one other thing about this
0: hand that I think stands out uh, is as Mateos, we have so much more ace jack than our opponents, sure, like, so yeah. we have the best jack so much more of the time, like. Uh, and Ashak is often going to be through bet from either of our opponents' we also have s-
1: f- seats. We're also me. the only person with quads in our range, basically. Um, yeah, that's right. And we we all have deuces full in our range, but so does Mateos. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: And Mateos probably has more of the best deuces and a lot of other pocket pairs, which would bet here, like pocket tens and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so I guess Mateos really should be betting, having said
1: all that. Mm-hmm. And betting small makes sense. Yeah. It's just a dry enough board that... Classic yes. wisdom is: it's They're your opponents roll. miss often enough that you yeah. should bet. Yeah. So he bets 140 into 560. Cornell can't fold for this sizing, even with Liang behind with fives, right?
0: I think not. You, you assume Liang is almost always Liang's folding everything but trip jacks now, right? Like he's not calling with the deuce. Once we call, no. so we're going to know exactly where we are, and it costs us very little to find out. It costs us less than two blinds to find out. Um, in terms of Liang, anyway, yeah. that's really useful. Um, It sucks. We're going to be out of position for this hand, but for this price on this board, I don't see
1: how we can fold yet. Yep. Cornell does call. Liang folds his ace high. Sure. Eight hundred and forty k in the pot. Okay. Nitrogen Sports is where it gets hot. I'm glad you went for the rhyme there. Yeah. Thanks. That was good.
0: That's all I'm going
1: to do for that. I'm going to just. I did the rhyme. Now you go. Yeah.
0: Um, Okay. Well, Nitrogen Sports. You said now you go. It's something you could play, but not in the snow. I'm continuing the rhyming. The rhyming idea.
1: what do you mean you can't play in the snow?
0: Like if you're because you it's an internet-based thing, you need devices and stuff. And if and you're there's in no... the snow, you can't play. Why? Because you'll break your internet device.
1: You know, they're making things pretty waterproof and you know technically. Are they making is... it
0: snowproof, Grant? Have they made is there a snowproof
1: iPhone? Because sign me up for that, Grant. I guess I guess we didn't uh do well in biology class.
0: Um by who by who would you now? <laughs> <laughs> By what a G? Uh, By nitrogen. Yeah, let's get back to the... Let's talk about
1: chemistry. Yeah. Oh, let's talk about the elements. Of nitrogen. There's just
0: one because it's nitrogen. Um, So here's what nitrogen is because we've been talking about what you can't do with it. Here's all the things you can do. You can play in our monthly Poker Guys tournament with the automatic overlay. Grant the thousands of dollars in automatic overlay that they do every month. And, of course, you have to sign up to the site using the show notes. Now, well, using the link in the show notes. I mean, feel free to use the show there's notes. A, to, there's it. a message in there. <laughs> it's like natural treasure. In the
1: show notes, there's a link to nitrogen. Use the link. <laughs> yeah.
0: How about that? <laughs> sure, why not? They have casino games, they have sports betting. It's Bitcoin only, which means you get your money in there super fast. You get your money out of there super fast. You don't have to say, boy, this time is really lasting. And I can't be <laughs> fasting any longer. I'm gonna eat something. And like you, but you already got your money. So you say, Hey, honey. It's <laughs> like one of the Jake and Amir scroll episodes. Have you ever seen those no. where it's all rhyming? It's, it's pretty bad. I mean, I enjoy them, but they're, it's pretty bad rhyming. <laughs> it's like that.
1: What you were doing is pretty bad rhyming. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But at
0: least I've had good timing. I'm like Andre the Giant right now in that movie. Obviously, I mean the Princess Bride.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's, is he in any other movie? Besides the documentary about himself that happened after he died. I don't know that he was,
0: but everyone loves that guy. I mean, he's dead, but everyone loved him when he was alive. They thought he was a gentle giant. seems to be the case. Yeah, apparently. He's a big man. Anyway, nitrogen sports, get you some poker.
1: Yeah, there you go. We did it. All right. 560K was in the pot. Now it's 840K. I tricked you. All right. The turn is the three of clubs. So Mateos does pair his three. He's got king three of spades. We're beating a deuce. Jack, deuce, jack three. It's a, a second club, which does not factor into these players' hands, but, you know, it could be a thought. Cornell has to check, right?
0: Absolutely. It would be very weird to lead.
1: That's what he does. I mean, I
0: guess you could lead to deny equity, but there's one card to come. We're either we're way ahead or way behind
1: mostly here. It seems crazy to lead. Yep. That's what he does. Mateos checks back.
0: Cornell's like, phew, I'm usually winning.
1: Yeah. Not you, always. Do you usually. think Mateos would have bet on any card that did not improve him? I don't. I think he's checking a lot here. Like, yeah. I think.
0: Like, you feel like... The, I mean, I guess there's certain cards he can bet on. Like, obviously, an ace is a pretty good card for him to bet. Yeah. Although, it, is it really? Would he really bet an ace on a jack-jack deuce board where he got called once? I'm not sure, but practically, it might work out.
1: Well, I think... It, I think Cornell's combos lean towards hands like he has versus jacks. Yeah. Because his jacks are just like two combos of jack-10 suited. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, we assume he doesn't have jack-10 off, right? I think he does not. Probably not. Yeah. So queen jack off? I would be surprised. Yeah, me too. So let's say, let's say suited only. Okay. So there's four combos there. King jack, he might have suit. He might. Let's give him that to make up for some of the other stuff. Sure. There's six combos there. Um, eight combos, excuse yeah. me. No, well, not from Mateos' perspective, actually. Oh, because he got,
0: he's got a king. Yeah, six team. combos. Okay, six combos. Um, So that we're up to ten total. And then we ten got combos of Jack. jacks.
1: And then, and then what are the pocket pairs that he has? He's probably got fours, fives, sixes, sevens, maybe eights.
0: Uh, yeah, eights is where it starts to get questionable, I think. But, yeah, he can he can still have eights. Eights he might be really willing to go with, though, preflop. In fact, I would expect he's going to three-bet to go with it, preflop against Mateos on the button, right?
1: Uh, I think it's close.
0: Yep, that's fair. But either nineties it, is always going with, right?
1: Probably, yeah, or almost always. But just fours through sevens. That's twenty four combos. Yep.
0: By the way, we're also incorrectly or we haven't said yet, that clearly he's not going to just call with all of his jacks combos. He's oh, going to right. 3-bet a bunch of those, right? Especially, I think, the king-jack type hands. Like, we didn't include any ace-jacks, fine. But maybe there'd be one combo of ace-jack or two combo of ace-jack here. But he'd be 3-betting some of the jack-10s, some of the queen-jack, some of the king-jack for sure. By the
1: way, he'd be check-raising some of them on the flop, too, so we can yes. remove some more of them. Agreed. And all of the pocket pairs are calling. None of them are raising. It seems like that is true, yes.
0: So I agree, we are pretty
1: heavily weighted towards these medium pocket pairs, it yeah. seems. So, does that mean Mateo sh- should be taking a stab if it weren't a three? If he didn't pick up, a- I mean, he maybe should, should he take a stab anyway because he's behind those hands?
0: It depends on what he thinks about Cornell. If he thinks Cornell's sticky, he should not be. Yeah. Right? He's like, I'm never going to get sevens to fold on this board. Like, yeah. So, like, because when he bets again, he's saying, I have a jack. Right. I have a jack or better. Like or better. the flop, he doesn't he doesn't have to have the he can have a, a, two queens and bet the flop. Yes. But he's gonna check that on the turn almost
1: always. hundred percent he is checking unless he has a jack or better.
0: Yep. So so I don't know if Cornell's buying that or not. I don't know, I don't know how sticky Cornell is in these spots. Uh, and if Mateos has any
1: inclination that he's sticky, he should definitely be checking back. Is this when he hits the three, is this actually among his best bluffs though? Because I didn't include threes in the pairs for Cornell because that's now a full house. So you get to block one of those things. Oh, that's interesting. Like, you, that's if you, good. If you block 3, blocking threes might be the best thing you can do as a bluff here. Interesting point. Yeah. We also the problem of course
0: is like we may have just taken the lead a little bit. No, I mean the Against only thing we're, what? it would have to be I guess ace two suited. I don't know what else it's it could so ever So unlikely. Be. Feels like he's three betting that so much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like if we were a lot deeper, he can have ace-two suited in the small blind. But when we start with, what, 30, 43 blinds or something like that, it seems very... I
1: think we're pretty much always behind with king three, even when the three Mm -hmm. comes. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. So So should we bet again? I know we're repping only just jacks, but like we're supposed to have some bluffs. Maybe Mateos doesn't because of the tournament situation.
0: We should only bet again if we think he's not sticky enough to hang around. If we think he's sticky, I think we should be like, jack. Okay, I agree. I agree with you. Um, But against
1: a non-sticky player, yes. But if we are were to have bluffs, okay, is this the best bluff? The best bluff. Any anything with a three in it is is that the best bluff?
0: Since we don't think the only two Cornell has is deuces full, yeah. um,
1: Then I guess so, right? Like, like I guess we could have ace four or ace five and have picked up equity, but oh, that's true. But that's not as as good as from a blocker perspective. Although they do block. Some of the pairs, which we don't want to block. We don't want to block the lower of the pairs because those are the more likely folds. That's what we'd
0: be targeting, the fold. So those are not as good. Yeah, you don't want have those. Uh, The only other thing that's maybe a good bluff is things that block the trip jacks. Like queen-ten. King-queen, queen-ten, king-ten suited, stuff like that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, Those are probably even better. Action that I think about it, right? Probably
1: Queen 10 is the best because it's the most likely pre flop calls and the less likely to check raise the flop.
0: And you'd want to have Queen 10 with the suits that weren't on the board. So now you're blocking all the Queen, the Queen jack suits and the Jack 10 suits that you possibly can. Yeah. That feels like as good as it gets, right? Now, like he's, it feels he's, you're capping him much more, much more of his range anyway. Yeah. And we might decide to triple barrel that. That's specifically because of it, right?
1: Yeah. The thing though is, those hands actually have more outs against Cornell's perceived range than King, than King 3 does. Uh, a little bit more. Yeah. Three more outs. Yeah, yeah. But,
0: but that's true. Double, it's double the outs. Yeah. That's fair. Still, they feel like when we can block the, strong, the strongest part of Cornell's continuing range, that feels like pretty great to want to yeah. keep firing
1: on. So maybe the best would be uh, Queen 3 suited. Because I don't think we're opening... Oh. We're probably not opening 10-3 suited. But we're we, probably not. But we, yeah. Yeah, But you're right. We probably have queen-3
0: suited. That's right. Yeah, because now, because that king isn't doing as much work yeah. for us. We're, we figure Cornell's going to throw that more of his king-jacks. Although it
1: does a little work for us.
0: It does do some work. Yeah. You're right, because he's got, it blocks at least a few of the calls. Yeah. That's true. It still is doing some work. This is a pretty good hand to do it with, I guess, is what we're coming yeah. to. It's one of the best hands. Maybe yeah. not the very best, but it's, got, it's right up there. Queen-3
1: suited might be the very best.
0: Maybe. I don't know if queen 3 Suits is better than queen-jack or not. or Queen-ten, queen you mean? Sorry, yeah, queen-ten or king-queen. I'm not sure. But either way. I mean, because like having a king means if he's got some off-suit king-queen, king-jacks, excuse me, theoretically in his range, then we, have, then we block more combos with having a king in our hand. Well, so king-three is pretty good that way. And king-queen is pretty good
1: that way. True. I think when you're saying queen-ten better than these three hands, I think you're weighting the jacks and the pocket pairs is equally likely, which they're not.
0: It's not about the likeliness, the likelihood in my mind. It's about the how much chips can you really put in with one type of hand versus the other. If we can block the jacks, we can decide to really put a lot of pressure on them. And even, like it's harder to hang around for two more barrels. But with two sixes or two fives like he has, that's going to be really hard to stick around with three barrels no matter what. That's That's why I'm saying it. So I want to block the stuff that can handle three barrels. Um, which, by having the king, queen, and the queen, tens, I feel like we do Well, better.
1: obviously, three is full can handle three barrels as well.
0: Of course, three is full can, but that's true. But there's less combos of that.
1: No, there really aren't, are No, there? they're
0: not. Yeah. Okay. Because it's Well, if with the king, maybe there are. But with the queen and the, the ten, there aren't, because those are only suited things for blocking. Yeah. Whew. That was a, a lot of gymnastics.
1: All this to say, this feel, actually feels like a pretty good bluff cam- okay. combo, even though it's very natural in the flow of actually playing to be like, oh, I picked up showdown value, I checked back in position, but... You're never winning. We'd really like
0: to have, like, king eight and hit the eight here. Because now we feel like we're winning a lot. Yeah. Right? And we check back, probably, just because it's hard to get three streets of value anyway. And we hope to get value on the river sometimes.
1: And just in case he has nine sometimes, which he's probably not going to fold anyway. Yep.
0: And we we can check back, and we can call river bets comfortably. Uh, Yeah. But we don't have that.
1: No. This feels like a a bet. I think you're probably right. I'd be curious to see what the solver says about that. Maybe there could be an overall thing where Mateos is like, I can't get him to fold on this card. So it's not worth betting even right. though it's one of my best bluffs. Well, this is what we we're this is
0: what I was saying yeah. earlier. Like if he's sticky enough, you just know it's it's you're just throwing money into bl- oblivion here and it's like just not worth it. Yeah. Unless you're always triple barreling, which sounds crazy. Right.
1: I don't I don't think you make money over time like Adrian Mateos has, if that's what you're doing. Yeah,
0: against good players, and this guy is a very good player. Like if you're doing that, he's gonna pick up on that and call you even lighter and yeah. it's just not gonna work out.
1: Yeah. All right, the river's the eight of hearts. Okay. There's the eight. We did it. We did nothing at all, and uh, (laughs) so now the board is jack of hearts, deuce of spades, jack of clubs, three of clubs, eight of hearts. Any sort of backdoor missed, they were very unlikely anyway. All right. I'm just going to say what Cornell does. Good. Because I think it's cool. He bets 285K. I feel like he's correctly assessing Mateos' range here. I think he's putting Mateos on mostly ace highs and some some hands that turn to three. Mm Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe sometimes he has sixes or something like that. And Cornell's setting a price against that hand. Um, maybe that hand would check back, but they might, Mateos might go for thin value. Mateos is
0: really good. He might.
1: Yeah. So I, I think I really like this bet. What do you think?
0: I am not as convinced. Okay. And the reason why is we have mostly Trip Jacks and these medium pocket pairs when we call on the flop. Yeah. So how are we supposed to get value from a three or a deuce? How are we supposed to do that? Like, how's Adrian Mateos going to call? When we bet this much, when clearly we have a jack or a hand that beats a three reduced almost every time.
1: That's a fair point.
0: So that's why we wanted him to bluff the turn, right? Because we're yeah. like we're losing here. So like, how is he supposed to call? So that's my problem. And uh, maybe sometimes you just think like, like what hand are we supposed to have called with on the flop that? Now he can beat. Right. It's really hard to come up with anything, even if he turned to three. It's just, I guess we have to have, have a deuce and we're betting for value against ace high that's supposed to call us. Why? Why would ace high call? Can't think of any reason. So I want to check this hand or bet to induce. Those are the only two reasons, those are the only two ways to play this hand, I think. I think betting here for value is really tough,
1: really tough to do. Is it possible these guys are on such a high level that Cornell has hands like, Four or five of spades in his range, you know, where he, he floats the two back doors. I mean, with Liang behind him and out of position to both
0: players, I don't really buy it. I don't really either. If he was in the, if it was heads up, if he was in position, I would believe it. I think he can have that sometimes, but here feels so hard for him. To ha- it's so hard for him to have a bluff here. First of all, right? It is. And if he doesn't have a bluff, then he's beating deuces and threes. Yeah, and because he, he wouldn't value bet a deuce if he, if he if he somehow was able to show up with ace deuce suited. Which is at least theoretically possible. Admittedly, not very often. I
1: think you might value bet that.
0: To get called by. Ace high.
1: If he's betting this, I think he might be betting that.
0: Oh, I understand. But I'm saying, in theory, though, how's, how's Ace deuce suited supposed to get right. actual value, right? And even, even that. So I just don't know. It has to be, I just don't think he's ever betting Ace deuce suited. It has value. to
1: be based on a shared understanding of Cornell's range that he does have some right. double backdoor floats. Exactly. Yeah. I think what he's concerned
0: about is he thinks he's winning almost always when it goes check check on the turn, right? He's He's, like,
1: yeah, he's very likely
0: right. And when he's not winning, Mateos is good enough to get a value bet in anyway, so we can set our price. Yeah. So it's almost like a free roll the bet. I think is what he's thinking. Right? Like if I bet this, I mean I'm putting a bet in anyway, a lot, and sometimes now I'm winning. Like like I'm always calling that every better hands betting pretty much. Mateos is good enough to bet sixes maybe if I check. Yeah. so, like, what the hell? Like, let's try and get value from the slightly worse
1: hands. And I think Mateos actually probably is supposed to bet sixes if Cornell checks, right?
0: When the eight comes? Because yeah. now we block pocket eights is blocked a little bit yeah. more. Yeah, we try and get a little bit of value from the fours and fives of the yeah. world. It's, it's thin. It's very thin. But you might try and do it. Also, um, if Cornell can have ace-deuce some of the time, we could be bluffing. We can still be bluffing as Mateos. Like, Cornell kind of never has a bluff. So much harder anyway for him. Yeah, I think
1: I I I get your criticism. Yeah. There has to be like this high level shared understanding of Cornell's range that I mean it's possible. These guys are top players that they're doing all this major crazy
0: leveling thing, but at least stepping back the ten thousand foot view in more and more of a vacuum with less context anyway. And I did watch the whole final table, in fairness. Uh but still there's no reason for me to think, based on that whole final table, that there's any reason for Cornell to think he can get value here.
1: Obviously he thinks he can. Yeah.
0: But I, I'm surprised he thinks he can. And I wonder if, given him more time to think about it, he would agree with, with this thought process.
1: Well, I think you might have been right that yeah. that uh, he's not going to be able to get value from worse hands because yeah. Mateos does not call with King 3. No, of course not. He raises yeah. to $2.2 million This is pretty interesting. Over 285 k This is such an insanely big raise. Okay. A couple things to talk about. Yeah. What he's repping... Feels like eights full is number one on the list. Number one with a bullet, baby. Yeah. Like That's the most likely hand by far that would play like this for value. His jacks are going to continue on the turn with at least some frequency. Yes. So, sure, he's doing a fine job representing that. Is he doing an okay job representing ace jack?
0: I mean, you'd expect him to bet ace jack at least a fair amount, especially ace jack on the turn, right? Yeah. Because, like... You're beating all the other Jacks. So trying to get... Like, if he had Jack 10, I could understand a check back more on the turn, more of the time, because you're valuing yourself a lot yeah. when, you, when 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 uh, Cornell continues. But Ace-Jack is in, is in heaven here. It's like, oh, my God, do you actually have one of the the last Jack? So yeah. if you have the Case-Jack, I'm going to get three big streets of value. This is awesome. So I would expect him to almost always have Ace-Jack betting on the turn, not checking right. back. And would he even raise King-Jack
1: this big? He would probably raise it, but this big feels hard to imagine. Yeah. So it's like ace-jack at a minimum as far as the value of the hand. And ace-jack, again,
0: usually, ch- usually bets the turn. So pocket eights, like you said, that's where you started with all this, feels squarely as the hand that's being wrapped.
1: Yeah. Strongly. So is it a good idea, even though it seems as though Mateos has correctly identified Cornell's range, right? It is what it looks like. It's a medium pocket pair. Yeah. And I think Mateos is targeting that mostly. I think it has
0: to be. What else could it be targeting?
1: I mean, with the size of the raise, is he possibly targeting Jack 10? That's the question.
0: Yeah. That's what I was wondering just before you asked. It. I was like, could he ever be trying to get Jack 10 to fold? Jack 10 beats no value. No. But it blocks yeah. the jacks and is probably I – I think Cornell's probably going to feel like he has to call with it because, you know, like, how many jacks do I really have here? Like, I have all the medium pocket pairs, right? And I bet tiny, which could be inducing. Right. In fact, for if, if Cornell – like, we haven't talked about what Cornell's response to this yeah but if cornell bet folds the medium pocket pairs he has to bet and and he's going to bet the small sometimes with his jacks too which he should be yeah uh then he has to call with something and so the jacks would be what he he does have
1: the the uh he he can add a few more folds in because he has the combos of threes full and eights full yeah that he got here with he does have those six combos there that's true
0: easy calls i mean insta
1: calls yeah yeah i mean eights full I don't think he would re-raise. I don't think you can re-raise with anything, but... I don't
0: know what, what you're really losing to. It's really hard to accept quads and, a su- and like, Adrian opening jack three suited. Jack eight.
1: You could have jack eight still. Yeah,
0: we block it, but you're right. But I guess... But, you're, but you might be like... I mean, Adrian's probably calling ace jack, but he may fold all the other jacks. He might
1: fold ace jack. When
0: he makes a 2.2 yeah. and, we, and we still go all in. Yeah, yeah, he might. Oh, he's put in so much of his stack. But, yeah, we probably
1: just call. Yeah. With even pocket eights. Um, so that's six combos that takes care of the top end of our distribution for yeah. calling. Um, so maybe we don't have to call with Jack ten if we can show up with a few King Jacks and Queen I mean, Jacks. If,
0: oh yeah, if we can show up with those two. The thing is, we're going to size some of those up more than this too. Some of the some of our some are really strong value. Probably. some of it's going to be sized up bigger. Um, Mateos must think with especially with this sizing, and also like we said, it feels like Cornell is just probably weighted towards these medium pocket pairs anyway, based on the pre-flop action, based on the flop action. Um, that he can just, this sizing is just going to be a medium pocket pair so, so much. Like, he can't really go for this polarizing sizing with these medium pocket pairs, and he can with eights full, and he can with king jack. So maybe that just, again, it's weighted towards these medium pocket pairs
1: again when we see the sizing of the bet. Maybe. It might just also be that combinatorially there's a lot more of yeah medium I, pocket I think,
0: pairs. I think there are anyway, and I think then this makes it Even more of those.
1: Right. And maybe the sizing that Mateos chooses is the added value of, like, maybe sometimes I can get jack-10 to fold if I'm lucky. I mean,
0: that would be incredible. But it is the four left in a World Series event. People make some big folds sometimes.
1: I mean, probably you can't go folding jack-10 against Adrian Mateos, although maybe you can. If you have threes full, eights full, king-jack, and queen-jack in your range at similar frequency to jack-10. I mean, okay, at similar frequency. I don't know. You'd have to really... And actually, you have more King Jack. Like, we have a lot of King Jack we can call with because of unsuited. Right, but we're three betting that pre flop more. We definitely are. Maybe a little bit more, but we still have more combos than Jack 10 suited. Yes, we do. That's true. That's true.
0: We might talk ourselves into a fold, or we may say it's Adrian Mateos. He definitely doesn't have to have it. And the sizing of this race is fucking bizarre. Yeah. Like, what the hell is he trying to get value out of? He needs me to have, like, a strong jack here. Yeah. Why would he think I have a strong jack? Especially when I bet this little on the river. It just seems very odd. Although, I guess you could go the other way with it. You go another level, which is, if you're Adrian and you have eights full, I mean, he's folding to him, if I make it a million anyway, all his medium stuff. It doesn't matter how much I make it. I don't know if that's really true, but, but that's reasonable, right? So I might as well go really big for the few times he can actually afford to call me, right?
1: All of this Mateo stuff, as as often is the case, is like just walking on the razor's edge, you uh, know? Yeah, no question. Which I think it's super cool that I th- I think he correctly identified Cornell's range and did the correct response instead of just being like, oh, it's cheap. I call with my three. That's never, ever good. Right. Yeah.
0: I like that. I think that's pretty sweet. I yeah. agree. And and we block pocket threes, which is great yeah.
1: here. It's huge.
0: Yeah. Um, we are losing to some insta-calls, of course. Yeah. Right? But whatever. Su- such is life. I don't know really why he makes it this big instead of like 1.45 million. Even if he wants to go really big, yeah. why not 1.45? Why be, 2.2? I would be
1: great to ask him that. Yeah.
0: I would love to know. I'm really confused by that. I, I just mean, don't know what, it, what 2.2 does for us, except maybe fold out jack 10 a little bit.
1: Yeah, I'm not entirely sure this is a plus EV play in a vacuum to, to make it this much, to risk this much. Um, but it works. It definitely works. I just think 1.4 is folding out all those medium pocket pairs anyway. Probably I just
0: think maybe he knows more about Tyler than I do. Yeah. And he's like, Tyler actually is going to make some hero calls, but if you give him a bad enough price, he's just not going to. Yeah. And so I'll, I have to go bigger against this guy when I, when I raise and I'm bluffing
1: and fair enough. Mateos definitely knows his customers. Well, he, yes. he makes lots of exploitative plays in these high rollers. Obviously he's one of the best in the world. Yes. And this is just an example of like, this is a, well, this is a little bit of a questionable thing to do here with the level of risk that Mateos is taking. He's taking a lot of risk. But he right? certainly analyzed the hand correctly. Like, he's, yeah. he's deep in there.
0: It seems like he has a very good sense about where everybody is in this hand and where he is specifically against Tyler's range where to, and, where, and where Tyler's range is weighted towards and thus is able to make this play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it really, I mean, if you're Tyler, how could it not look exactly like Gates full? Right. Maybe Adrian even thinks, like, Tyler's going to know that it looks like eights full and is going to be able to fold jack 10 and maybe even more jacks. Yeah. Maybe he's like, Tyler's really smart and is going to see that and is going to like, obviously, a jack is never good here. Right. And fold all of the jacks or most of the jacks. Maybe he's targeting, maybe he's like, I can get it all. I can beat. I can get almost everything to fold. Not all of it. Of course, Tyler's going to have to call it his best jacks and jacks that block other things. But, but there's nothing to block here, really, right? So meaning like there's nothing that blocks pocket eights. Yeah. That makes any sense.
1: Jack eight, but you don't need to block anything when you have the nuts.
0: I guess if you had eight, nine, but how does he ever have a nut? He never ha- he never has that. No. Right? He ne- there's no way he can ever have an eight here. No. A lone eight. Never. So it doesn't matter. Okay, Impossible.
1: Yeah. He can have eights full, but, you know, Mateos yeah. is just hoping that's not the case. Yeah, then it's easy. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't really matter. Mateos does not go that far in the tournament, right? He goes, gets like third or fourth. He finishes fourth. Fourth, yeah. Despite this cool, cool play. Cornell ends up winning the thing, right?
0: He absolutely does win the thing. Yeah, actually Mateos finishes third. Excuse me. Ja- oh, Jonathan you Jaffe finishes fourth. Bitch. Mateos wins eighty two thousand dollars. Cornell ends up defeating Michael Liang heads up for eight hundred thirty three thousand. As I said, Cornell was the chip leader almost the entire way through this final table, and uh, felt like he deserved to win. Although Mateos obviously played well as he always does.
1: Yeah. Cool. Well, uh, let's see what the solver had to say about all these very interesting decisions. Yeah, I'm curious. <laughs> Solver time. Hey, you know what the thing about the solver is? What? Sometimes we don't fucking understand what it's talking about.
0: Well, welcome to the fucking Thunderdome.
1: Man. Yeah, this this one is a bit different for us in that, you know, we always have issues with what the solver says in lots of cases. We recognize that it's a mathematical model based on, you know, game theory optimal play and being balanced and all this stuff. Um, We often find the plays it wants to make shocking or something that we would never do or something that you actually never see in real life play. In this hand, uh, we we found that most of what the solver does just feels wrong. Um, so I don't know what to make of that other than the solver does things differently, is I mean, the way I put it.
0: It's, it's, it seems wrong even from the solver's own mission, but we'll get into the specifics of that. It's very odd. It's
1: very odd. I, I'm, cur- I'm really curious about this and actually what, what you guys think as we go through this. Okay, so this was done by Wesley Cannon. Yeah. And it will be posted on the Discord, his full solver write-up, when this hand is live. Um, all right, so start with the flop. It, uh, it wants Mateos to check back on the flop, mm-hmm. which is interesting. This feels like a board that, you know, King High is relatively vulnerable off ahead. You're never folding out a better hand, but, you know, there's so much equity denial to be had.
0: Yeah, maybe it just doesn't think it's betting enough value for us to be able to check. Our, our King Highs are, like, a little too good, Yeah, if anything. And we're like, we have a lot of worse hands uh, without overcards, and where like our our high card showdown value isn't isn't any good at all. That's my guess. Um, so it wants to if it's going to bluff, it would bluff with those instead. Yeah, I suppose. I mean, it seems practically we can just bet and win a lot, especially in this tournament, like high stakes tournament situation. But
1: here's where we really start to question the solver. Is um, <laughs> Cornell right reactions. away? It basically wants Cornell to raise anything. Anything that's a pair or better. Yeah. Um, and his bluffs would be like two backdoor type hands and some ace high backdoor flush draws. Uh, but it wants him to raise this hand, two fives. It wants yeah. him to raise a deuce. It wants him to raise any, any pair, which is what Jonathan was kind of referring to. The, the mission of the solver is to be unexploitable and balanced. Yeah. And if you always are raising a jack or deuces full or pocket fives or everything, then your calls have no value. Like, you always have a bad hand. It, look, if it had uh,
0: Cornell never calling, which seems very odd anyway with his range. Like, it seems weird to have no calls in your range. It sounds problematic. Yeah. But if it had zero calls, that would at least be one thing. Right. But it has calls. Yeah. It just has... There's every single call of his is not, has no hand of any kind to speak of. It's all just a f- weird float. Now, the solver thinks their heads up, of course, not three yeah. ways. So that does play into it a little bit, but it's still out of position. And there's no, there's like almost nothing to call with. What are you supposed to call with here?
1: It a wants weird to call high. with floats with high cards and backdoor draws. Yes, yeah. that's, that's what Wesley says. So. Yeah,
0: it just seems incredibly easy to play against if we understand the solver's thinking here, right? It's like, oh, well, on this board, when I see bet, he never has anything when he calls. He never has
1: a pair. Like, how easy is that to play against? So So maybe this is one thing that that we are missing something on. This would be a great thing for you to come into the Discord and, like, explain to us. Yeah. Why does the solver not want to actually, like, ever call with a good hand? (laughs) It
0: only wants to raise all of the hands that have any value. It seems like you always have to protect your calling range at least a little bit here by having some strong hands here. Like, a few jacks and a few medium-strength hands as well. Otherwise, it's just too... Otherwise, you're playing face-up. And think about it, like, Mateos makes this bet and gets called if he understands the solver stuff. If he knows both him and Cornell understand the solver stuff, which, by the way, is very possible. Yeah. They're both top players. Then Mateos can sit there and think, well, practically, I'm, I mean, this is an easy hand to win. Like, how do I know? I can just put huge pressure on him. He never has a pair.
1: Well, I He's think a gig. the thing that can work out is that, like, with all of the hands that, that the solver does want Cornell to call with, of course, it's going to choose a lot of those to call down on the turn and river with. So mm. Mateos can't just win every time that he triple barrels.
0: But again, practically, that's not... It's like, how often is Cornell going to call down with even eight, just a naked ace high if, you know, in this spot? Well, it's it just any, like any, so unlikely. Any,
1: anything that has, like, a float that has two back doors and makes a pair, is a, you know, you call down with that. Right. You know? Right. It, it helps okay. a little. It helps a little. Yeah. Either way, it's very strange to us. Um, it wants Cornell to raise this hand. Of course, Cornell calls because that's what everybody does. Nobody would ever <laughs> raise his hand. <laughs> it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, we'll get to the turn. Uh, this is where the solver does agree with us. He wants Mateos to continue betting. Right. Uh, our reasoning may be different than the solver's. It's definitely different I'm than the I'm sure solver's. it is, but like we, uh, you the, heard the podcast. The we solver
0: wanted... wants him to bet because it's betting for value. Yeah. It's like, oh, a three is always ahead because right. you are never, yeah, you never have a Yeah, kind of pair. the
1: opposite of what we want. We we're, we're like, want, you got a bluff. You're never good. You're never good. And you block threes full and yeah. you block king jack. You
0: have to keep betting. The solver's like, oh, let's get some thin, thin value, baby. And we're beating, we're, if somehow he's got it backdoors with a three in it, we're beating almost all of those. Yeah. That's what the solver thinks.
1: Right. So Cornell calls. There's not much reasonable or necessary to talk about from the solver's perspective there. Here's where a solver agrees with us again, Mm -hmm. Um, especially you, Jonathan. You were more adamant about this. Okay. It wants Cornell to check 100% of the time with fives on the river. Yeah. Which, you know, you got me to come around on that, Mm -hmm. and it makes sense. Um, Cornell, of course, does not do that. And then Mateos' raise... Good well, luck with this one. According to the solver, he has no king three, you know, so right, it doesn't actually, it's actually in the range. He's a hundred percent betting king three on the turn and any three also. So we can't really yes. derive any sort of some wisdom, solver wisdom from other threes in his range. Cause those are all betting the turn too. Yes. So we don't know, but it seems like a reasonable hand to raise with still, you still block the same things you blocked on the turn, which made us want Mateos to continue betting on the turn, right? Yeah. Uh, I will say it wants to call with. Uh... Sorry, no,
0: I'm reading this chart wrong. I apologize. I'm trying to look see what it's doing with like pocket fours, but it never has pocket
1: fours. Of course, of course, it's betting pocket fours.
0: Right on the turn because yeah. it's betting for value. Right, anything that it was ahead on the turn with, it's betting for value. So anything that checks doesn't is always losing, according to the saw on the right? turn. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's I mean, not this true. Is, it, actually, this is... it has a few. It has a few like quad jacks here. I see as I'm looking right. at this. And this the is chart. as
1: played, of course. So things. Game tree out differently If we If we bet the turn You know Yeah So it becomes a different scenario Which is not worth talking about um, Anyway Point being I'm just gonna say The solver likes the raise It feels, it feels good um, It okay. wants Cornell to fold Yeah, to, to the raise yes. Which you know That made sense to us too Of course That made a lot of sense Alright solver Get your shit together I mean good lord
0: time. Get it Go get, get it Buy yourself a new set of clothes And take a shower solver and Yeah Get the stink of the day off Get out of here Fall in love